0: Yeah Just a bump in the road, minus setback. I cannot forget that. You see me sell soft, I regret that. I carried the supply like a kid pack. And you ain't have to talk, you just stay back. You already know where my head at. I'm trying to get this bread, Jack. And really, I ain't tryna hear that It's clear that shit a nigga talk about really done did that I really done lived that Well, you wouldn't want your kids at You wouldn't want your crib back Nigga, I can't even sit back without the strap Nigga, I can't even relax without the pack It's all on the line, nigga I can't even fall back I fell down, but I crawled back Looking for the money, power, respect All that A true hustler, what you call that?
1: Doom on all cats. What up? What up? What up? Welcome back. This is Living with Will, episode four. Uh, I hope everybody had a sane and stable time in between now and last week. Um, we got a lot of topics. We got a lot of topics to discuss, so I'm just gonna jump right in. Uh, we're gonna talk about Murder Hornets. We're gonna talk about Julio Slim what to watch community highlight we got cowboy vocab and much more welcome back to living with will
0: man. Fucked up. you put your money on the laws man they told y'all wrong the one already sold y'all songs records from the heart that was hot like the stove still on the herd drippin while it closed the lawn the frozen arm compliment the golden charms i make chest moves on the i'm so nonchalant All with the flick of the wrist, average
1: triple double steals and assists. All right, so we'll just start it off the same way, man. The artist that you guys are being introduced to this week, the expose, the spotlight is on a young man named Julio Slim. Uh, I hope that everybody remembers his name. He's gonna be competing with the crown with people like Jay Z and Kendrick Lamar, man. His lyrical ability, his storytelling, his attitude towards life. This man is one of my favorite musical artists and one of my favorite human beings on this planet. Shout out to him. You already know, bro. Um, you can find his music on Apple Music and Spotify, but this next project is going to be... I mean, listen, I'm going to let it speak for itself. Um, we got a lot going on this week, man. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, it, it seems like every time I turn around, there's, there's worse shit going on in the world. Um, I guess we got shit called Murder Hornets uh, on, in the United States now. They're, gi- they're Asian giant hornets. They come from Japan, and they massacre honeybees which we desperately need less of. Um, we all need, you know, flowers don't need to be pollinated. We don't need foliage and leaves and flowers to survive. So having less bees, that's, that's great, right? That's, that's really great. It's really fucking great. Mirror um, hornets, man, I, it's like one of my greatest fears. This week's topics were going down a couple of my greatest fears, but bees, hands down, one of the scariest things on this entire planet, I'm so scary to me, in fact, I, for years, would lie and say that I was allergic to them, so that people would understand my irrational, uh, at times, devoid of masculinity, fear of, you know, I don't even want to say that, because I don't want to imply that being brave is masculine, it's not, because I've known women that are much braver than I, so it's not a masculine trait. But it was, very, it was very cowardly the way that I fear bees. Um, to the point that one time ex's uh, father had a destroyed beehive so that I'd come over to their house. Because they thought I would die if I got stung. So shout out to them. Appreciate you doing that for me. You guys were looking out. Um, I'm not allergic. I'm just so afraid of them. Uh, they scare me. But I know we need them. So, I, I, you know, I let it chill. I let it fly. Um, I know we're all going a little crazy. You know, trying to find things to do for the people that are staying home. Even the people who are going to work. We're all really bored. So, I thought of some more things for you guys to watch while we're stuck in. Um, I've been watching this. Shout out to Indigo for introducing me to the scariest TV show I've ever watched. Called Marianne, or in French, Marianne. It's a a French horror show. Um, It's incredible. Listen, I'm not a horror fan. I am terrified of horror. But I will say this is an incredible show. I was entertained from the beginning to the end. I had to watch the whole thing. Uh, I haven't slept since. <laughs> I'm not built for horror. But it was a great show. And I recommend it to anyone who's down for a scare. It's a family film. Um, Jerry Seinfeld, for the people who like comedy versus horror. Jerry Seinfeld has a special on Netflix called Jerry Seinfeld 23 Hours to Kill. Honestly, never was the most devout fan of the guy. I really respect him, and I see the strength of his craft. I don't deny it. I never would, but I never really was, you know, the biggest fan of his. But this stand-up was so strong. The guy is a seasoned vet. He's one of the best, obviously. Super inspiring. It was a hilarious watch. So I definitely recommend it. Shout-out to Jerry Seinfeld. I love saying things about people that are just so much further ahead in their field where you're like, yeah, it was never really. But it's like, it's Jerry Seinfeld, bro. Like, no one gives a fuck if you're a fan or not. This man's work stands for itself. But I'm really, I mean, seriously, he did a great job. Moving on from there, I I hate to go from such a lighthearted thing like Jerry Seinfeld to something more serious, but we gotta keep it going. We gotta keep it moving. Businesses reopening is serious, we need them to happen. But it causes me concern. Um, I worry. So I've seen that some places are starting to reopen, which is what prompted me to think about this. And I worry about the fact that businesses coming back after the shutdown, right? The fact that people really need to get back to work. They really need to get their business open and moving. It, it worries me because it opens the door for corruption and people being taken advantage of. I feel like in times like these is where we need to really keep an eye on what's going on in the government and... With the people with the power, just because things can get a little complicated when money's involved, and there's a lot of money on the table right now that needs to be that there's people going for it. So, I hope you will take an eye. The people that are supposed to keep an eye, I hope you are keeping an eye on it. This kind of leads me into my community highlight for the week, and the, the the community highlight that I like to make for the week is on Ahmad Avery. Um, I if you have heard of it. I'm sure you have, if you haven't heard of it, uh, a man, uh, man of the public, a black man in America was murdered. Uh, I say in public because it, it, I wouldn't be shocked to know that there's been a lot more murders of black men in America that didn't receive the media attention that this case is receiving. Thankfully, the two men who gunned down Ahmad are, were brought into custody. The thing that really concerns, I mean, the whole, the whole situation is concerning, right? Uh, The thing that concerns me the most about this, the father was formerly police. And that reminds me of the fact that we've had countless murders of innocent black and brown men and incarcerations by police. I spent a brief period of time working for the California State Senate. And I saw the difficulty that lawmakers can face when they try to pass legislation that would police the police. I worked for a woman who was trying to get legislation passed in Detroit. I saw the difficulty there, and i seen the difficulty of people who are elected officials trying to create change and the roadblocks that are put in front of them. Uh, So I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about it this week. It's serious. You know, I'm not really the most serious person. So SB 230 and AB 392 were two examples that I wanted to bring up to show the difficulty of this. So I want to start at the beginning. So for starters, SB stands for Senate Bill and AB stands for Assembly Bill. When, a, when a, So when a bill is introduced to a, the legislature, it receives the name SB for the Senate or AB for Assembly Bills. The Assembly being a state-level version of Congress and and then the Senate being a state-level version of the Senate. What I don't really understand about that is why they changed the name Congress to Assembly, but... You know, I'm not a scientist. I wasn't, I wasn't there for the decision. So I would have left it Congress and both. Like, I would have left it Senate on both. But, you know, they don't ask me for my opinion on these things. So SB-230 was a bill. Let's start with AB-392. So AB-392 is a law that required law enforcement use deadly force only when it was necessary. The, the language that California had had before this was signed into law was that... Re- reasonable force was required so i i don't know if you can really hear the difference between reasonable and necessary but there is a very big difference between the two words Uh so it's an important distinction to make you know reasonable force well you know uh i thought he had a gun but it was a sandwich that might be reasonable because that's what you thought necessary is he had a sandwich dude You know, so like laws like that, we need laws that prohibit police from killing people when they shouldn't. Because I know that there are situations where they should, and I don't want to take away from that. Police work is difficult. I'm not no one. People may try and make that case, that is not the case that I'm trying to make. But I think that this language change is incredibly necessary. the 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 law also would prohibit police from killing fleeing felons who don't pose immediate danger. Which is an update from the original code that dated back to 1872. So if you can't tell the the problematicness of that. So, alright, so these bills, so this bill was about changing the language and doing away with the killing of someone who's running away from you, right? SB230 was a bill that was more so aimed at more training for police. Now, I didn't necessarily agree with the need for more training. Because the police union and police in general is a very well-funded organization. It's like the military. We fund them very well. So SB-230 wasn't really necessary in my eyes, but it was necessary for them to pass AB-392. They received a ton of pressure from the police union and from law enforcement. So the thing that blew my mind the most about all this is for 148 years, it's been legal for police to kill someone who's running away from them. And, and that this is only in California, right? So other, I don't know 49 other states' laws. So it could very well be legal for them to do this in other states. And the fight that these lawmakers had to go through to make that illegal in California, it's if you can't hear the frustration and the seriousness in my voice, let me tell you, I take this very seriously. You know, I like to tell jokes a lot, but I don't find this very humorous. It's, it's scary how much how difficult it is. And I, and it makes me wonder why is law enforcement so opposed to changing a law about shooting someone who's running from you? I don't I don't want to sit on a pedestal and say all police are bad, all cops are bad. That gets us nowhere, right? But I do want to call A spotlight on the fact that this is a clear and present problem opposing these bills with the strength of your lobbyist groups in the past has been it's been impossible if you wanted to pass a bill to create some sort of change like this going up against a police union would have been impossible it just so happens that more lawmakers and the governor are more lenient towards passing these types of bills now but even now we still have so much work to do i wanted to give a couple numbers I know that sometimes, you know, I can say things really passionately, but I don't back them up with actual facts, right? So I wanted to start backing up my rationale and my arguments with some numbers. African Americans and Hispanic make, th- make up 32% of the U.S. population. They also make up 56% of all incarcerated people. That number should shock you, but for the people that were like, well, maybe they committed more crimes, well, I'm gonna give you another, I'm going to give you another number for that one. The imprisonment rate of African Americans for drug charges is 6 times higher than that of white Americans while they're using the same consumption rates. So, if you're if you go by numbers and you're really numbers driven, why is it that people who are using at the same rate, one of which is going to jail 6 times higher than the other and is making up more percentage of imprisonment? You can't deny numbers, right? So I like I like to really trying to appeal to people's emotions but when it's required i will bring numbers to you and i hope that these can help kind of break down the barrier that some people have where they don't correlate black and brown people are not committing more crime they're not doing more drugs they're going to jail more right they're suffering the consequences of actions more they're being targeted more they might not have done anything wrong and are going to jail more do you see what I'm saying? Like there is a there is a horrifying situation happening that I don't feel is really being addressed or really being navigated in the way that it should, and it's really scary. And you know, I'm I'm a white man speaking to you right now, and it's scary enough to me. I can't imagine being in the situation of someone who is being directly affected by this. So I felt it was really important to bring up. I'm I, my heart is with Mr. Avery, Ahmad Avery, his family. You know, I don't even, listen, I don't even know what they're going through. But my heart is with them, as yours should be, uh, in these dark times. We gotta start doing more, man. Like, we gotta start doing more. And I'm not, listen, I'm not a political person, right? I never want to be the dude making these... I want to make people laugh, man. I'm a happy person. I want to live a life of simple jokes and happiness. I want my little plot of land. You know, I want my little bit of happiness. But... I have to be honest about the horrors of reality. reality. It would be a disservice. I'll, I'll give you this. I was just recently watching Dave Chappelle's acceptance for the Mark Twain Award, right? And he was talking about the path to who he, be, who he was and who he became. And he looks at his mom and he's, he was like a, he shared a quote that she used to say to him that you have to be a lion so that you can be the lamb that you really are. And that really struck me, man, because I'm a fucking lamb, dude. I'm, ch- I'm real chill. I'm real laid back. I don't want any problems with anybody. I want to chill. I want to smoke. I want to dr- You know what I mean? I want to have a good time. I want to get to know you. However, I can't just be the fucking lamb that I am. I can't just be out here fucking partying daily, smiling the face of everybody. Sometimes you got to tell someone to shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes you got to tell somebody that what you just said was incredibly wrong. And we need to talk about it. Desmond Tutu once said, those who are silent in the face of oppression are themselves oppressors. And I hope that, you know, I I assume that I'm not going to be the person in your life that's going to push you in a direction of being more honest and open with calling truth to power. Uh, but I believe that for every white person, and anyone who's, you know, bigoted or or discriminatory or, The list goes on, man. For every person who wants to reflect on this and and to grow, I think the first step to dealing with your own form of bigotry, the first step to dealing with your own form of racism, you have to accept that you yourself benefit from this system of oppression and that you are subconsciously conditioned to be a part of it. Okay, So if, if that requires a little bit of simplifying, to become less racist, you have to accept the fact that you are a racist that you might have racist tendencies, that you might have racist thoughts. You're never going to find any form of comfort or you're never going to fully be a socially conscious human being until you begin to realize that you have prejudice in your heart. Then you can start to grow. Then you can start to be an ally. Then you can start to be a part of a world that you were never a part of before because you've opened up to it. And that's a beautiful thing. And I think that once more people start doing that we're gonna have a really beautiful world and I you know I look forward to it at that this is a super serious super serious topic I'm gonna to take a light little break let's take a little break I'll see you guys in a moment
0: With the flick of the wrist, I write crime like Donald Goins Hustle for the coins Breaking down chicken tenderloins Money make a lot of shit Null and void Life you can't avoid Keep it with me cause I'm paranoid Big Glock shots make a scary noise Keep it very poised Turn your group of men into scary boys
1: All right, all right, so some more lighthearted, man. Listen, I, I, don't, I don't know how I end up looking up about things that I look up. I kind of just am always trying to think of funny shit and make myself laugh and get through the day. I stumbled upon some cowboy vocabulary. Uh, I highly recommend this shit. The cowboy is it as an illusion. I always just assume that they speak in such a weird way, but you never really know until you see something like what they actually... Okay. Cowboys used to call farmers alfalfa desperado. And I just imagine, like, it tastes like, alfalfa desperado. Why are you stealing my cattle? <laughs> I feel like that, I, I don't even know what a cowboy sounds like, dude. Um, they call they call the truth acknowledging the corn. Which is pretty fucking dope. It's pretty badass. Um, but my favorite, the coup de gras. The cherry on top of the Sunday. The iceberg tip, if you will. They said to leave was to abscatulate or absquatulate. I don't actually know how you pronounce it, but that's how it's spelled. A-B-S-Q-U-A-L-A-T-E, absquatulate. I don't know how I'd react if someone said that to me in person. I'm I'm sorry, sir, you're making quite quite a scene. We're going to have to ask you to absquatulate. Or would you or would she say just we need you excruciate your ass right now? Like how do you even say that? How do you how does one even excruciate? <laughs> I love that. Uh, I will find a way to use it in a sense. But I have a question for you all. As we wrap up this week's episode, as we bring it in to a cool, calm, resting place. I'm really curious. Like okay, so. I was walking the other day, and I was posed the question, how do you feel about people taking photos of strangers in public? Some religions feel like taking a, a, you're, you're taking a part of them when you take a picture of them. Some think that it can be offensive. I, um, but, but on the other hand, if people don't take street photos, right, it, you don't get a capture of life during that time and I do find it, it it's important to document the way that we're living you know and who we are it's a crazy it's a crazy concept uh, so I pose it to you my rabid listening <laughs> my ferocious audience um please let me know what you think listen living with world at gmail.com I'll talk about anything that you want me to if you like the podcast please like and subscribe that's how I'm gonna get to the world that's how I'm gonna get my voice. The fuck out there in the the stratosphere. Um, please keep, please keep fucking with me. Please keep riding with me. I really hope you guys are liking the show. I try to keep it, you know, a nice medium between serious and comedy. That's the way that I live my life. That's who I am as a human being. Some days I'm serious. Some days I'm funny. Most days I'm funny. Some days, you know, I'm neither. <laughs> Some days I'm a fucking potato blob. I'm sorry for the loud slam. It was my keys. I'll try and make it a little less loud. And you know what it is. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a part of this journey with me. Uh, yeah, I never really fuck with the number four. Like, the number four was never really... How do I say it? Like, it was never... Number three was always my favorite number, right? Growing up, I was born on the third day of December, 1993. December is 12, multiple, three times four, 93. A nine is a three, going into a three, 93. You know what I mean? I'm crazy. I love the number three, though. You see what I mean? Number four, I had heard that it was bad luck in China, that it meant death. I heard that it was bad. But, you know, I got to stop going off of shit like that. Because then I also heard that in some Native American tribes, it was good luck. Also, I got to stop going off of what people would just say to me because they could totally be lying. Like, I got to stop being so gullible. And some superstitious. I'm so superstitious. But anyways, I didn't really fuck with the number four for a long time. And then I heard this Neil deGrasse Tyson interview. He was like, yo... Superstitians so are cool, but we got to stop tr- entrusting these people with new codes. You, you can't be afraid of the number four when we got to hit that person four times. In retrospect, I would be the type, like, ah, I'd be the president. Look, all right, hypothetical. I'm the president. Mr. President, we're, we're required to save the hostages from a band of mercenaries. They're coming. They're breaking down the door. We got to save them right now. It's going to take four missiles. I'd be like, oh, ah, can we send three? They'd be like, three's not enough, sir. I'd be like, oh, how about five? Five's too many. We'd call the hostages. I'm like, fuck, dude. I would just know something was going to go wrong. Because four is just not the number. If I'm at the grocery store, I'll buy, I'll need four vegetables. But I'll either buy three or buy five. Every time I end up wasting one or wishing I had one more. I just, that's. You know, that's who I was. Now, I'm starting to be like, dude, that is fucking lunacy. You're a maniac. You gotta start doing things in the fours. So, for the fourth episode, I figured I'm gonna have my favorite artist. And I'm gonna talk about topics that really mean the most to me. And really hold gravity to who I am. So, I thought, you know, I'll give you guys a little... <laughs> numbers are important. Numerology is a real thing. So, I'm glad that I could give you a little bit of insight into how I view numbers. Um, I'm so grateful I count my blessings every day. I'm so glad to still be sane. I hope that you all are healthy and happy and that you're doing what you have to do to get through these times. We're going to get through this together. We're not in the same ship. We're all in the same storm. Let's get to the next week. I'll see you guys for Living With Will episode 5. And in in (laughs) in the meantime, in between time, I hope everybody stays safe. I will see you all soon. What's up? You see them ladies
0: moving. Show sure nah You see them niggas hatin' So what? Them niggas always faking. <laughs> now
2: I know. What's that? The shit is going down tonight. All right. I'm about to put it down tonight. All right. She's about to let me in tonight. Hey.
0: Just some city niggas. We got bigger dreams. Looking for a way out by any means. Lot of pressure now, being legendary Feel like I need an office and a secretary Niggas think I just got right with the ice, nah I was seeing snow before January I was way cold before February My hustle outside made me legendary Moving white rocks on blocks on the daily yeah.
2: Me and my niggas, we smoking on Keisha i
0: Snickers woulda never took no beat like this I'm hot this Pete Rock is On some sold out shit Originality, you bring them hoes out Peep, how I got them taking off their clothes now Rockin' shows now With the pros now It goes down like Mary go round or Kim K Dilaudi got me tied like Michelin Baby girl from Detroit, Michigan She like the Pistons Girl, you trippin' Her body glistening Had me trippin' Started feeling me, uh, I had a feeling. I know she digging me, so I told her dig it, look I know you with it and plus, look, I'm with it, uh So let's get with it, uh, look, we kick it So rolled up, rolled out, went to her shit, uh, She a cold-blooded freak, go figure
2: Now, me and that bitch, we smoking on Keisha In the back room, she showing her features Uh, Smoking on Keisha Come on, come on, come on